0: Beats, the flow, the rhythm, all movements start from the streets, streets saying our podcast. What's going on with Spotify, that's why I don't stream now, <laughs> it ain't for purchase, I don't listen to it, mic check man, yeah, 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 it's going down man. I still mm-hmm. want to throw a party at Young guy house. I don't care what nobody <laughs> say. It's
1: Old just school, school I mean, basement
0: party. Yeah, yeah. So we don't nobody mess nothing up, man. Y'all got to clear it out. Basement, ain't that where your studio at? Yeah, just clear it out. So just put all his clothes in it. Oh, man, we just going to sell them. He bought them for college? Yeah, like the suits and
1: Foles
0: and all. Oh, man, we finna have a swap meet going. Tell Marcus we going to double it up for him. He can just go buy it back. We just going to upsell it for him that's craziness yeah 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 feel good feel great feeling great feeling good how are you yeah i wasn't to nobody okay. <laughs> I, I, was up, I was waiting
2: on johnny to answer <laughs> right? yeah, i'm like hold on this no, is
0: different, different <laughs> you, now you now
1: now. off the routine how are you <laughs> <laughs> <Well, shit>, no <nigga. laughs>
0: nah, man we here today man welcome to the street saying our podcast it's your host giddy jicky with it it's your other host johnny no good And man, we are back in the building for another episode, another time together. And today we got a special guest with us here today. Um, You know, we like to make sure we are putting out not just artists and MCs, but also people who have something to give and have an experience in the industry. And this person we have today has been in the mecca of the industry out in L.A. Mm -hmm. It's back in Omaha, uh, working with us to get us the knowledge and to further her career while also being a singer and songwriter herself, man. Um, a super dope individual as far as I know. So if y'all know otherwise, keep it to yourself. Mm. This yeah. person is on a high. <laughs> you know, so we got the one and only amazing from the old Sierra Lee in the house.
1: Yeah.
2: What's up? What's up, y'all?
0: Man, we are glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, it's cool because, you know, you're one of those people that you know I've been in Omaha for about 10 years and like I had no clue you know who you were and what you yeah. do and when you came back in town and got to see you like oh she's in this position like she got to know something and to find out you know you've been in the music industry for you know doing what you've been doing um I had to like you know I need to get her on here to to not only teach them but also teach myself mm-hmm. so I get a better understanding of things that i don't know i only know what i know mm. being here so if you could sierra if you can just get a people an introduction of who who is sierra lee yeah. and you can start even talking about a little bit of your journey
2: yeah absolutely um so yeah again sierra lee blackstone adding that to the end of it um i've had a long career in like pr and branding and like concert management and stuff like that So I've always been attached to music, but in terms of like my title right now, it's so difficult because I like function in all realms of creativity, right? So I just kind of like to call myself a creator and a music enthusiast.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: That's what's up. And when you talk about PR, public relations, uh, a lot of people don't really understand what that means and what that entails. Can you talk about what that is and In your career, what that has, what you've done with PR and some of the things you've been into?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, public relations is just essentially like having a representative or numerous representatives within your camp that can really assist with your public visibility, right? Like, and influence like trends and kind of put together marketing tactics for just the outside world to become knowledgeable about who you are, whether that be a personal brand or you as an artist or whatever industry that you're in. Got you. And um,
0: I know sometimes me and myself and Johnny often fall into that same category of like, what's your title? Like they know you for that one thing, like for Johnny, a lot of people, it's like one half know him for rapping, (laughs) which he ain't done in a long time. (laughs) Another half knows him for being a poet. um, But he's, Also done a lot of event curation, also in the horticulture, things like that. And myself, people know as a DJ, but I'm like, no, I also do the events. I also am a curator of the events and putting things together and working behind the scenes, doing consulting. So it is difficult to be able to identify yourself. Like we don't have that LinkedIn level, Mm. this is my job. Mm. right? Right. So how do you, when when it's up to branding yourself... Yeah. And going to get your own contracts and stuff, how do you market yourself? Like, do you, or is it dependent on the client or what do you actually tell people? Like, if you had an elevator pitch, Yeah, we need the 100 floors, you know? So, mm. what do you, how do and you actually do it?
2: For myself, if we're talking about me personally, like, I finally feel like I just came to the point to just acknowledge, like, my overall brand is just my natural aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to spend so much time trying to, fit this niche right like because at the same time it's like when you're talking about music and lifestyle right and and we live in a social media age today so you have this persona right Mm -hmm. and music and lifestyle and just my being is sierra so then it's like okay when i'm in a corporate setting does that change, mm, right? Mm. How can I really find that balance? So I really try to stay genuine and true to myself. And then it's like on my social media channels, I just like to express my creative side, right? So I might look at it and be like, man, I go to her for insight, but like she posted model, model type pics? Like mm. what is she trying to like? No, that's just me. And to be honest, I live in the 90s still. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Whatever matched my vision from my brain, like that is just kind of how I like to release it. And it's not really trying to make a statement. It's mm-hmm. just, this is Sierra. This is what you're going to get. Like nothing more, nothing less. And you could ask people who know me personally, if they were to go to my Instagram, they're like, yo, this is polished. Not saying Sierra outside of this ain't polished, but like this is polished, but it still fits within the bracket of who she is.
0: Man, that's super dope. Yeah, I can't get a hold. I, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing on Instagram. I just post flyers now. Like, <laughs> Ain't oh no yeah. wrong with that either. <laughs> here's here my baby. Hey. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a flyer. Um, and how did you, um, and you're from Omaha, correct? Yes. Yep. So and you can you give a little bit of your journey from leaving Omaha, going into the industry, and then how you made your way back here?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, so growing up, I was a part of this youth organization, which – Prior to that, just growing up, period, like, my parents were into music, right? My mom brought me up on West Coast Rap, and my mom has never stepped foot into California, ever, (laughs) okay? Like, I was singing California Love and America's Most Wanted word for word at, like, age five. So then after that, I just started to become enmeshed in music, right? Like, so I'm spending my allowances on buying CDs and taking out the inside and reading who the executive producers are and, like, really trying to tap in and figure this out. Right. So then I'm like eight years old looking at Bow Wow and I'm John Tay Austin. Right. And then I get older and I'm like, Oh, I know who John Tay Austin is. And the next person like, bro, how do you, how do you even know this stuff? Right. So I was already like within the music culture. Um, but, when I was a teenager, I was a part of this youth organization, um, and the founder ended up uh, creating a, like an entertainment company here in the city where he was bringing bigger acts. So instead of completely diminishing the youth organization, he was like, "I'm gonna utilize y'all as my street team."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was like, "Okay, cool. Much love to him as well because." Once we jumped into that, I think our first show was like Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? Mm -hmm. And as a 14-year-old, it's just like, all right, whatever. Like, this is cool. Like, I know my people know them, right? But then the first main artist was Chris Brown when Mm -hmm. he first came out. So to be able to be involved in that process, right, um, it was amazing. And from that point, I was like, yep. This is where I want to be. So I worked with that up until my early 20s, um, tapped in with some other artists that were coming into the city. And then I was just going back and forth to L.A., working on set as a production assistant to some music videos. And then I kept getting called for opportunities out there. But I was here Mm. and I hit a point to where I was like, okay, like. I just feel like I reached my ceiling you know, here at home. And I think I was dealing a lot with that small town mentality syndrome with a lot of people I was surrounded by. So it was just like, I feel like my brain is like bigger than my market right now. It's mm. just time to go. Mm. Um, and as soon as I went, Tapped in with a lot of different people, got involved in the music tech startup as well, um, which just led me to relationships with mainstream artists, you know, getting to spend time in the studio and just really seeing how the labels work. But then on the independent side and kind of like that sweet spot. Right um and then yeah started writing for some artists at Atlantic Records trying to get some stuff placed um and then my partner and I at the time we were like working studios throughout the city mm-hmm. so I was just tapping in with every artist through then and doing my PR and branding efforts so really essentially like finding myself in kind of my lane when it came to entertainment because that was pretty much all of my 20s so then once I hit 30 i was like and then you're talking about after COVID too right where la is that market new york is that market miami and atlanta but la was that market and then when COVID hit everybody left mm. and went to atlanta mm. so it was a matter of dang do i really need to be here like mm. i have friends here i have friends in hollywood but i got friends that live in la and are doing major things in la right and they don't naturally intertwine themselves in the hollywood culture but they still support their neighborhoods and when they where they come from so a light bulb had went off in my head at one point to where i was just like man these people are out here and they love their city they don't plan on leaving why can i have that same feeling Mm -hmm. for my hometown right instead of omaha being a place to where i leave I say I'm from there, but I don't wanna rep it. I'm like, nah, I don't wanna be that person. Mm. So, as I started to come back and visit family, like I was noticing how the city was expanding and developing and all that type of stuff. And I was just like, prayed about it. And I was like, it's time to go home. Mm. And ever since I've been back, just been able to like put my skill set and work with different entities and amazing other creatives within the city. Like, right now is the time. And I'm just happy to have my hands in building that market
1: up yeah i think it's uh super dope especially to see the journey and to see everything about your journey come so full circle yeah um you mentioned being a music enthusiast and at the age of eight singing word for word california love and then you end up out there in california getting california love i think it's super duper dope but as far as you said when you first moved out there you Mm kind of felt like you reached your glass ceiling here
0: yeah
2: Um,
1: do you still kind of have that same feeling here? And what's some of the opportunities that you see available to a place like Omaha?
2: Oh, the trajectory is like super interesting, right? Because never in a million years did I think I leave L.A. Mm. Never had plan, Like, didn't even really have plans to leave in L.A. a year before I actually leaving. Might have thought about it. But I feel like at some point I felt like I hit my glass ceiling in L.A.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Like... I mean, there's so much to do, there's more to do, but I did a lot, Mm. right? I had a lot of opportunities out there. I rubbed elbows with a lot of different people and I walked away from that city with resources and contacts that I'll have for days, right? Not even in the realm of trying to monetize on those opportunities, just like natural, authentic and genuine relationships. So me coming back, I look at Omaha in a different lens. Because it's a growing market, there's way more opportunity here, right? Mm -hmm. You got a low cost of living. Mm. You have a creative community that still has the opportunity to kind of come together as a collective and engage with one another a little more and then also omaha has the opportunity to kind of build that infrastructure to provide resources when it comes to entertainment Mm. so when these kids go to school they don't feel like they have to graduate and go to nashville or go to atlanta or go to new york like they feel like they can stay in their city whether they want to be in music production songwriting and all that type of stuff so omaha is a sweet spot right now Mm. like I think Omaha is going to forever be my foundation, even if I travel, but I don't think I'll have any plans at least anytime soon of like leaving here for good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a unique place and a unique, you know, it's one of those things that we have that love hate relationship with. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that a lot of people make a lot of noise on the way out, but then they quiet when they come back. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things as far as like being out there in LA, what were some of like the the learning lessons or some of the learning curves that you took and how did you adjust from those learning curves to turn it into a lesson or a springing board?
2: Mm. I wanna say the biggest learning curve I was, was acknowledging my worth,
1: mm. right? Mm.
2: I think so, so many times we get caught up in like the 10,000 hours or like, I gotta make sure I'm putting the work in, right? But not nah, like when you out there, like there's people actually getting it, right? There's people that's willing to bend over backwards and take pennies to a dollar. But I realize I'm like, no, I'm not that person, right? right? I'm gonna only do that for so long. So my biggest lesson was, was I was involved in this really, really big project that I had my hands on. and i had per i had had created this presentation essentially and without saying any names but like my presentation was presented to a really big company but Mm. it was done behind my back Mm. right and it was brought to my attention so because i was acknowledged knowledgeable about like the business aspects of the music industry a bit I was still willing to save myself, which I did save myself, and that was an amazing thing. But then it was like at the same time, it taught me follow your intuition, Mm. right? Mm. Like, because when I was younger, like I had a vision where God was just like, I got a purpose for your life, but whatever you do, keep me at the forefront right so really leading with that gift of discernment like mm. yo if it it sounds sweet the money sounds sweet it look like a beautiful situation but it don't feel right mm. and if it don't feel right that means it's not right at some point it's going to crumble so just learning how to like really build my foundation strengthen and protect myself right and understand that my intellectual property is everything
1: mm. And what was kind of like the aspect that got you to understanding how important intellectual property is? I know you was out there dealing with people, NDAs and all of that kind of stuff. A lot of artists truly don't understand like IP. So like what was kind of your learning curve with that? And how did you grasp the importance of IP?
2: Well, one, you know, L.A. is an oversaturated market, right? And then you talk about music, too, and you can say music is oversaturated, right? But it's it's a creative pot. And I don't really like to say that with music because it's like, yo, if you... I I hate when people say, yo, I want to do music, but music it's oversaturated right mm. now. Nobody's... Nah, put your art out there because yours could be different, right? Mm. But because I was in the studio and I've sat in rooms where I've seen people work hard on their art and then get it stolen, mm. <laughs> like... Like literally, like a rug from up under you. No conversation, no nothing, no hitting. Like walk in the studio, yo, what's up, bro? Like yeah, this stuff is sweet. And then three weeks later, you hear a now mainstream artist that looked like an industry plant, right? Came out of nowhere, boop, and they don't blossom off of somebody else's sound. Mm-hmm this person that worked years and years to like really develop their craft and really create a persona for, for themselves and it gets ripped. Right. And it's happened to people, mainstream artists that we know that then sign other people and do it to them. Mm-hmm. So it's just a vicious cycle. Um, and it gets really interesting. So that's why I like, anytime I come across artists, I'm like, do you have your performer? Are you signed up with a performing rights organization? Like, mm-hmm. are you registered? Are you good? Like, what platforms is your music distributed on like if you use this beat did you get it if you purchased it from somebody like did you lease it did you purchase it like are you knowledgeable about like what this looks like if you're doing this for, for profit so just making sure artist systems are really set up um and even being in, back in Omaha there's a lot of artists out here mm-hmm. but there's a lot of artists that I've talked to as well that are like oh I didn't know nothing Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. um but even on the flip side of that too like be creative in your art but also understand that there are paths where you can make money without having to struggle Mm. so then that's when you get into sync licensing and music placement and just really curating those relationships and understanding who you need to talk to to blossom so Mm. yeah
1: yeah
0: super dope man that's crazy it's funny because I, I hear those stories of people getting stuff stolen. And I think a lot of times people blame the main artist. But it really be <laughs> right. somebody else who was in the room that heard yeah. something. Yeah. That took it. And mm-hmm. then like I literally, mm-hmm. I know Ebro brought something up about that with uh, a One of Cardi's songs one time. Oh, really? Uh, that up and stuck. Because mm. there's a guy I listen to named Mir Fontaine who has the exact same thing months before it came out. That don't mean she took it. Right. Somebody was in there that heard it and... Pitched it as an idea and got it out right big time. So it happens all the time, man. And and it's like, damn, that was my million, two million dollar,
2: <laughs> exactly. Before, so exactly.
0: And um, so I got a question. Uh, yeah. as far as when it's you being a, a a woman, a black woman in that industry, in the music industry, we hear a lot of hoopla and horror stories about people getting used. Like, how were you able to navigate as a black woman trying to um uh, be in a profession that from the outside most people see as a male dominated space. Yeah. How were you able to navigate that and kind of keep yourself composed and on the upright without getting in into too much mess?
2: Oh. I honestly, I think because I already knew what came with it before I left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no like I studied this for so like y'all, I studied this for so long. What year was that that uh, Left Eyes documentary came out? Uh, was that like
0: 98,
2: sure. 99?
0: I'm going to look it up. You can keep talking. I'm going to guess. But,
2: it. like, even with that, right? Being a kid, watching that come on on MTV, it freaked me out. It freaked me out so bad, like, watching her die or whatever. But, like, when that when TLC was, like, talking about the breakdowns and how much they got was getting paid and stuff like that because I was already interested in the behind the scenes stuff. Like I was paying attention to that. Right. Like I would even watch music videos sometimes. Like that would scare me. But even at a young age, I'd be like, okay, like, what am I looking like? What is it that scared me? Right. Mm -hmm. And then you get older and then you like come across uh, videos about conspiracy theories and like Illuminati and different stuff, which that's like a whole nother rabbit hole, but just, I don't know, like I was already aware, and don't get me wrong, like there was situations that were presented to me that my life could have changed overnight, 10 times over. Mm. But because I know the flip side of that, it's mm. like, bro, I'm already sitting amongst people that 5 million people think has the best life ever and is super happy, but like they're crying their eyes out every mm. five seconds. And the only piece of happiness you're seeing is on social media Mm -hmm. because that's the only time they give it off but they are really miserable Mm -hmm. um so yeah i again i think just leading with the spirit too like making sure i wasn't putting myself in um bad situations but just kind of assessing the environment before going too deep Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Always, no, know like they always got the opportunities. They gonna dangle something. Oh yeah, they dangle something for you to dangle something. Like, yeah,
2: and even if it ain't music, I mean it's L. A. Like yeah. you can get into anything in L. A. Yeah,
1: and I think one thing about traps is right. And I remember my boy LP had brought up something that he saw that traps don't exploit stupidity. They just, mm. they exploit desire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so it's all about. How much you desire something—it's not about how dumb you are. They exploit your desirability.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. uh, Just a couple more. When being here back in Omaha and like myself, really trying to navigate this industry, learn more about it. um, What are kind of your overarching goals that you want to accomplish uh, while here in Omaha? Whether you're here for a short time or forever, what are some of the goals? That you want to accomplish in working with these institutions, artists, um, and things like that?
2: Yes, for sure. Um, well, right now I have a creative agency with my brother uh, where we do branding and marketing consulting, you know, as well as creative services as well. But the overall picture is to really build a music marketplace here, right? Just having that one resource where artists, engineers, producers, Managers, whomever in that entertainment realm can go check out local talent to go see where the studios are. And if you want to do a project, you know, you can contact the engineer. Um, So really just kind of closing in, um, not in the realm of being exclusive, but kind of like closing in that group of local creatives and understanding that like we can all reach out and we can all work together. And there's literally money out here for all of us. Um, There's a couple of projects that I'm working on this fall still kind of within the creative realm uh, but we're really building that music marketplace so right now I'm just tapping in with every artist and kind of just getting their insight on you know what opportunities they feel are still in the city to expand in that entertainment realm but yeah and then just also working with up-and-coming companies and organizations on the arts entertainment side as well on the content building side so just kind of having my hands in a lot of different things but working horizontally um and i i just want to connect with all my local people really yeah
0: Yeah. and last couple is i want to talk a little bit about you Mm -hmm. play a little batty dip (laughs) but what do you have are you still um continuing to make music and write um what are you working on for yourself
2: yeah um well i just actually uh recorded a song that's done i just haven't put it out but i think for the music side of me actually recording i came to the conclusion that like it's really therapeutic and Mm -hmm. it's soothing for me right 'Cause when I decided to like put my music out there, part of me was like, Yeah, I want people to hear it, hear it, but I'm not that type of person that like wants to be famous or anything. So mm-hmm. like I didn't really put any marketing behind it. I kind of just let it live and focus more so on the reference tracks and things like that to see if I could get them placed. But yeah, no, nah, I'm still recording mm-hmm. and I think at some point I'm gonna incorporate it into, like, my digital presence and make it a part of the aesthetic and market it in a way to where it's not like, hey, this is me as an artist. Go listen to my stuff. Like, just you happen to hear it, and if you resonate with it, then you go find it. But just kind of letting it flow within that field.
0: Mm. And my last real question. I'll be having so many. No, I uh, You busy. You're a busy bee. Yeah. How do you unwind where is your happy place that's not work hmm. like when it's just sierra yeah i don't mean you by yourself but when it's you yeah where is your happy place how do you unwind to from all this work and madness
2: man laying in the living room floor at my mom's house mm. like i think that's the sweetest part about being back in omaha mm-hmm. like in l like i travel here a lot but like in la you're in constant survival mode like it's like what's next right because it's expensive to live out there so it's like if you are trying to get something like you got to constantly work hard and when i came back here i was like bro you haven't sat to breathe in like years like almost a decade like so when i have those moments where i'm like man i don't want to do anything like i just kind of want to toss my phone to the side i go to my mom's
0: mm-hmm. that's funny i still lay on my mom's floor <laughs> Like like a big kid. Just yeah, that's funny.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I get to do that this weekend. Family reunion. Okay. Back in Texas. Yes. A good time. Thanks. But yeah, man, I, that's all I have for this session. Of, oh yeah. And before we get out of here, I know we on a pod. Yeah. I heard you like to talk too.
2: I do like to talk
0: a What's going on with in the in the talk realm?
2: Yes. So I just released this uh podcast, voice cast, whatever you want to call it, because I have no intentions of showing face on camera. But it's called Bedtime Brain Dunk. So basically it's just for all us highly creative people who at the end of the day it's it's hard for us to unwind, right? It's hard to turn our brain off. So it's really just kind of a nighttime uh, conversation segment where I just release everything that's on my brain. And though I can't hear the other side of the conversation, which is the audience, like, I feel like we could kind of resonate with one another in a way just by being creatives, period. So yeah, I just released that uh, episode one is out, and then I got some other episode, more episodes coming out soon, but you can find that on Spotca- uh, Spotify podcast.
0: All oh, right, that's super dope. She talking to herself. She ain't crazy, though. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't answer her own. My mama said, you crazy not for talking to yourself but answering your own questions out loud. Right, hey. <laughs> She's like, well, we do that, too. <laughs> Man. So Sierra, I appreciate you. you got anything, Johnny?
1: Oh man, just thank you for coming on the Bless the Show. Um, Like I said, it's been amazing to see the growth since before you went out. You always been like a local legend, you know what I'm saying? But oh, to continue be. to see the uh, growth, uh, just a lot of appreciation. Thank you for thank coming you. on. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for creating a platform where local artists, local media can get a shine. So just thank you for being dope.
2: Absolutely, thank you for having me. Yeah, and
0: and thank you for for looking out for us. You know, without even knowing us like that, like no, I got you. Trying to connect, especially black media to the sure. to the the higher ups in the industry, man. We definitely appreciate that, man. We look forward to everything that we can do in the future uh, with you. So
2: absolutely. Um,
0: where can the people find you at?
2: yes y'all can find me on instagram tiktok and uh facebook at the eyes of c so t-h-e-e-y-e-s-c-i
0: and your company again for the branding and
2: yes it's novel Nobble. com. you can go check it out that's k-n-o-b-b-l.com
0: yes yes man we appreciate you again for stopping through man this is Streets A and R podcast. You can find us everywhere, but Apple. Um, we at Streets A and R. That's Streets A A N D R. That's on all platforms. And we look to keep growing and keep moving and keep getting y'all, getting the right people in front of y'all, man. That's what we really trying to make this thing happen, man. So until next time, man, it's your host, Giddy Jicky, with it. It's your other host, Johnny No Good. We're gonna holler at y'all later. Peace. Peace. The beats, the flow, the rhythm. All movements start from the streets. Streets saying our podcast.